You can be seated. Good Friday. Why do we call it Good Friday? Isn't that a weird name for the day that Jesus was crucified on the cross? We call it Good Friday because of what was accomplished on the cross. Now, I know we would much rather come to a service that's uplifting and, and something that'll encourage us. And, and my prayer is that as we look through the scripture tonight, that that'll happen, but maybe not in the way that you think. Let's take a look at what happened on the cross. Matthew 27, verse 45 says, Now from the sixth hour there was a darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, some people say that, that Jesus uh, just had the feeling of abandonment, that, that as he hung on the cross in his agony, he, he cried out that God hadn't really forsaken him. But I don't think so. I think that God had forsaken him. I know that's an odd thing to say. But look at what Isaiah says. Isaiah chapter 53, beginning in verse 1. Who has believed what he has heard from us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground, he had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and has carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that has led the slaughter and like a sheep that is before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living? stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul to death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes the intercession for the transgressors. You see, when Jesus went to the cross, we, we sometimes just think that, that he died for us. And, and that's true. But that's not all that there is. I don't know if you, if you realize, 
people put their life on the line for you every day. Did you know that? We have our, our first responders, our law enforcement, our military. In, in fact, there are people who die for you. We've heard too many stories of gunmen that have come into churches or into schools and, and people have given their life to save others. That, that happens. In fact, Jesus said, greater love has no man than he give his life for his friends. And so surely Jesus died on the cross for us, but, but that's not all. If that were true, and if that were all that were true, Jesus would simply be a martyr. Someone who died for a good cause. What we see in, in Isaiah is vastly different from that, though. Isaiah made several references that Jesus bore our sin, that He took on our transgressions. The way Paul writes that in 2 Corinthians 5.21 is like this. For our sake, He made Him who knew no sin to be sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. You see, it's Good Friday because of what happened on the cross. I know this is a hard concept for us, but imagine. Jesus was born with no sin. Jesus lived the perfect life with no sin. That, that's, that's hard for us to imagine. Jesus fulfilled the law completely and totally. Jesus lived his entire life in perfect relationship with God. His life pleased the Father. And so when Jesus went to the cross, Jesus went as a sacrifice for us. All of the Old Testament sacrifices for sin were summed up in what Jesus did. He was the perfect lamb without spot, without blemish. And Jesus, while He was hanging on the cross, Scripture tells us, Old and New Testament that God laid upon him our sin. Every lie, every impure thought, every half-truth, every murder, every idolatrous act, every adulterous act. Jesus, the one who knew no sin, became our sin. And it was in that moment that God turned His face away. For the first time in all of eternity, God the Son was separated from God the Father. But that's not all. Isaiah tells us, That bearing our sin, God poured His wrath out upon Jesus for us. You see, what was accomplished on the cross was this. That my sin and your sin and the punishment for our sin, Jesus took. All of the wrath of God was poured out upon Christ on the cross. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in, in, in Romans 8.1. He says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. 
We think of condemnation as people saying bad things, right? Maybe even the enemy, maybe even Satan accusing and, 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 and filling our, our minds and our hearts with things like you're worthless, you don't deserve God's love. That's not the condemnation he's talking about here. You see, Paul can write in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ because Jesus was condemned for us. You see, our condemnation Jesus took on the cross for us. Paul goes on, verse 2, he says, For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5, 8, the beginning says, The wages of sin is death. Jesus took that on the cross for us. Paul continues, Romans 8, verse 3, For what God has done, I'm sorry, For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. That's what happened on the cross. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. See, God made him who knew no sin to become sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. Listen, for those who are in Christ, when God looks at you as hard as it is for us to imagine, God sees you as righteous. We've all heard this. Most of us have probably said this. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Do you realize that once you come to faith in Christ, the Bible never calls you a sinner again? You are saints. You are holy ones. You are heirs with Christ. You are sons and daughters of God. He said, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, not anymore, but according to the Spirit. You see, when Jesus was hanging on the cross and He said, my, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At that moment, God looked away because of the sin, our sin, that He bore on the cross. But then God poured His wrath out upon Christ on the cross. And the last thing Jesus said, is recorded in John chapter 19, verse 30. When Jesus had received the sour wine, wine we, we read earlier in, in the other gospel, that He cried out with a loud voice and gave up His spirit. Here's what He cried out. John records it. It is finished. And He bowed His head and gave up His spirit. You see what's cool about that phrase it is finished. It's tetelestai. It's, it's a word that means paid in full. The account is reconciled. And he wasn't talking about his account. He was talking about your account. And he was talking about my account. Here's the way Paul talks about that in Colossians chapter 2, beginning verse 13. Paul says, And you who were dead in your trespasses, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Him, that is Christ, having forgiven us all our trans trespasses. Why or, or how? By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This He set aside, 
nailing it to the cross. Why do we call it Good Friday? Because we're a bunch of sadistic people. No. 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 We call it Good Friday because it was on that day. On the cross, the the cruelest means of putting someone to death. That God the Son, having fulfilled the law where we couldn't, never having known sin, became sin, our sin, and took the punishment for our sin. And the last thing he said hanging on that cross is, paid in full. It's done. I've canceled the record of debt for you. Let's pray. God, as many times as, as I've read the story, as many times as, as I've proclaimed the message that I brought tonight, it blows me away. And even though I, I read the words and I understand what they mean, I can't comprehend what all happened on the cross. I can't comprehend how you took my sin. And Jesus, who knew no sin, became my sin. I can't comprehend how the punishment that I deserved, you poured out upon Christ on the cross. And God, I surely can't comprehend how the righteousness that was Christ's became my righteousness. That I could stand in right relationship with you because my sin is forgiven. The debt is canceled. It's been paid in full. Father, tonight as we come before you and, and, and have communion with you, Father, remind us that the body of Christ was broken for us. We should have been there. That the blood that He spilled, the blood of the perfect, spotless Lamb, purchased our salvation. And with it, Jesus made a new covenant with us. Not a covenant of law or works, but a covenant of grace. By grace that we've been saved. Father, tonight as we take supper with you, remind us of the price that was paid on the cross for our sin. In Jesus' name we pray.